I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a beautiful night here in the state of Iowa. A night that feels like so many others we've seen over the last six seasons, and yet unlike any other we've ever seen from an Iowa Hawkeye. This is Jordan Bohannon's night. Jordan Bohannon with 10 three-pointers against Maryland, 30 points for j leading the Hawkeyes to a 110-87 road victory. A uh, much-needed win. We'll get to all of that, but it starts and ends with, ends with Jordan Bohannon. This is on a night when Keegan Murray also scored 30. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, in every Hawkeye played, uh, there was a lot a lot to like, a lot to talk about. But this is Jordan Bohannon's night. 10-16 from three, had five assists, a couple of steals, Really likes that point guard position, I think. He started there again tonight, uh, as he did on Sunday when they kind of shuffled the the starting lineup a little bit. Uh, Tony Perkins got the start as well at the two guard. Keegan, Patrick, and Philip Pabraccia filled out the starting lineup. Uh, Jordan Bohannon, though, um, this is, I've said it more times than I needed to, that he's my favorite Hawkeye of all time, and this is why. It's nights like this. He's given me more nights like this than any Hawkeye I can ever remember. This is so much fun, and while I hope this isn't the last night like this that we get from Jordan Bohannon, if it is, tip of the cap, a big thank you, man. The nights like this are just so much fun. Let's uh, let's hear how it sounded. Uh, one of the reasons I waited just a little bit to do this instant reaction podcast is I, I wanted to, to do some work with the audio. This is audio uh, from the Hawkeye Radio Network, courtesy of Learfield Sports. Here's all 10 of Jordan's threes tonight. Leaves it for j Deep three on the way. Good. He's one for one. Oh, what a big start that is to get him off and going early. Bohannon is going to have to force something up. j lets it go. Good. He rattled it in from 35 feet. Bohannon's open again for another look and drains another three. Uses up his dribble to Bohannon. He's loose in the corner. Another three. Good again. Bounces to the wing. Bohannon for three. Good. Joe Toussaint with the assist. Bohannon for three more from the corner. Good. He is on automatic. 57-41. That'll be the score at the half. Bohannon for three. Trail in the play. Curls it in. Bohannon's open for three. Score. That's eight three-point field goals for Jordan. One more. He ties the school record. Bohannon takes the dribble left wing. Step back three. Good again. 85-54. Bohannon for three more. Good. Double digits, 10 threes by Jordan Bohannon. Fran McCaffrey can't even believe it. It is unbelievable. 30 points for Jordan. All school, on threes. School record, 10 threes for J-Bo. Gary Dolphin, Bobby Hansen on the Hawkeye Radio Network, again courtesy of Learfield Sports. Uh, here's a little quick uh, clip from Jordan after the game, talking with Gary Dolphin about uh, how tough it's been the last couple of weeks. Uh, his, he's been in a slump. He's heard the criticism, uh, and he he's worked on his shot, and uh, it all came together in a big way tonight in Maryland. You know, regression to me, and I, I've 
always felt like I was I'm a really great shooter. You know, I put in so much shots in my entire life, and you know, my dad helped me out, out a couple of times this week, past week, just to you know get my rhythm back and get my roots back to you know what made me a really great shooter. And uh, my teammates did a great job of finding me, and um, it feels good because I've been working really hard. You know, I've been hearing you know left and right um, from a lot of people of. Um, you know, just doubting me and, you know, not believing in me. So it provided a little more motivation for me to, you know, continue to work hard and um, there's still a lot of a lot of work to be done. Once again, that audio courtesy of the Hawkeye Radio Network and Learfield Sports. Ah, that was so much fun. That's so great to see Jordan do that, go off like that, um, ha- have a night like that. He loves playing at Maryland. The the stats of him playing at Maryland, I saw David Eichholt talk about this. Chad Lysico had an article in the Des Moines Register about this. Jordan has always shot well at Maryland, against Maryland, and tonight was no exception. Just uh, j- just a great game for the Hawkeyes. The offense is back, right? Uh, <laughs> the defense, eh, eh. Maryland shot well as well, uh, but Iowa just just ran them out of the building. You, you couldn't keep up with the Hawkeyes tonight. 57 points in the first half. Jordan had six of his 10 threes in the first half. Let's be honest, he could have had more had he stayed in, but uh, he, he only played 31 minutes. The, the, the starters got to sit for much of the second half, and that's why you got to see guys like Austin Ash hit three threes. I guess he only hit two. I thought he hit three. Two threes. Got to see Agundale play some good minutes. A lot of these guys, Peyton Sanford hit three threes. Maybe that's who I was thinking of. Uh, got to see a lot of these guys play some good quality road Big Ten minutes, right? Some some good minutes uh, in, in a game where, you know, it probably ended up a little closer than it should have been, but uh, hard to complain about a 23-point road win in Big Ten play. And this was one that the Hawkeyes needed. You know, it was a game that coming into it, we had talked about not a must win. I, I felt like it fell short of a must win, but it started to get to the point where if you lose this game, the, the that margin of error that we've talked about has completely gone. And you start to kind of look at the, the wins and losses and getting the 10 wins in the Big Ten. I feel like that's kind of the magic number for a, uh, you know, feeling comfortable on Selection Sunday. And you, you start to look at the schedule, and if this isn't a win, where where do they come from? Well, you don't have to worry about that now. Iowa does get this win, uh, seven and seven in Big Ten, or six and six rather in Big Ten play, uh, back to five hundred, and uh, and some opportunities here that we'll we'll get to in uh, a little bit. Let's talk about somebody other than Jordan Bohannon. Hey, how about Keegan Murray again? He also had thirty points, a uh, quiet thirty points, as Chad Lysico tweeted, which is wild to say, wild to think, but completely true. He's not the story of this game, even though he had thirty and seven rebounds. A couple of blocks and assists, you know, kept his lead. He was two of three from three-point land, uh, kept his lead as uh, the the leading point scorer in the Big Ten. Um, A really good game from from Keegan Murray. Patrick McCaffrey had six points, two of seven from the floor. Sprained that ankle, it'll be interesting to see, or or I should say uh, went out with an apparent ankle sprain, did come back and and play quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see kind of, A, what they say in the postgame about that, but also I think more importantly with that kind of an injury, does it linger is he able to recover? You know, how does he feel tomorrow morning when he wakes up? Uh, that that'll be something to look for. Philip Rubracha, six points, just two or three shooting, uh, but had seven rebounds and then played well. Tony Perkins, five points. He's never going to be an offensive guy, but he is that jolt of energy. He had four rebounds. He had three assists. He had a steal. Uh, and and the the points he did score, 
He, you know, he made some good plays. He stays with it. I really like the energy that he brings, uh, and and I think he's probably going to be a mainstay in this starting lineup as we uh, as we move forward. Uh, that means Joe Toussaint did not start, but he also did not sulk. And Joe Toussaint had five points, two of five shooting, five assists for Joe Toussaint off the bench. Uh, and you know, we'll see what happens in in the off season. The, the transfer portal is a, a real thing. And will Joe Toussaint stick around after an entire offseason of us of us and the team and Jordan Bohannon and Coach McCaffrey, you know, kind of handing him the team as as that starting point guard and now going back on that and uh, and you know, rightfully so and understandably so, uh, making a change in the starting lineup. It seems to be working. It seems to have sparked something. Um, as certainly with with Jordan Bohannon, it seems to have sparked something. Uh, and that's really an important thing. You need a guard who's going to score. He's kind of that guy, and he. May Maybe the only guy who has that, and so uh, whatever you can do to get him going, yet you have to do. But you do wonder if Joe Tucson is going to start looking around after this season. We'll worry about that when we get there. We'll cross that bridge at that point. Aaron Eulis uh, didn't play quite as much as he did against Minnesota, but did have three points, uh, just one of five shooting. Again, not a, not a real scoring threat is Aaron Eulis, but he provides a lot, much like Tony Perkins, in, in energy, and uh, you know he, he's able to drive. He's a good player. Three assists for Aaron Eulis. Chris Murray had eight points, two of three from the field, one of two from three point land, three rebounds, uh, five rebounds rather, two steals, an assist, and a block. Nice game from Chris Murray. Josh Agundale, good to see Big Josh get in there. He had two points. Uh, Riley Mulvey did play a few minutes, didn't score. Peyton Sanford, who I mentioned earlier, three of three from three-point land. And um, if you can kind of get him going, if you can – if you he, he doesn't hesitate. He's not afraid to shoot. The moment is not too big for him. Uh, he – he feels comfortable. He hasn't played a lot in the big in Big Ten play, but uh, the minutes he has played in these last couple of games, when he's gotten more minutes, he really seems to fit. You really like what you're seeing out of that freshman. Connor McCaffrey did play. He came in for Patrick when when he was injured. Uh, did have a rebound, but didn't score. Didn't shoot uh, as he kind of works back from his injury. And then Austin Ash uh, had a couple of uh, arrows in his quiver. Uh, hit a couple of threes and. Always fun to see Austin Ash out there hit a three, right? Because hey, you know it means more more likely than not that Iowa has the game in hand and, and is feeling pretty good. And then he's just so excited, and he's such a uh, a glue guy, such a bench guy, such a uh, you know a program guy. It's just fun to see him out there uh, scoring like that. Just a uh, a fun night and a hundred and ten to eighty seven win at Maryland. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Looking at the team stats here quickly, the one that jumps right out at you is the rebounds. And the disparity is in Iowa's favor this time. 37 to 28 and nine rebound advantage for the Hawkeyes. And that was uh that was done quickly. That was done in the first half. 
you know, it's so hard with games like this. The essentially the stats of the last ten minutes don't matter all that much, and and so things can kind of look differently on the stat sheet than they ultimately felt during the game because Iowa just had such a big lead, uh, really kind of put that game away early in the second half. But to out rebound Maryland by nine uh, is is a really good sign. You like to see that. You like to see. You, you would like to see a little bit more defense um, from this team. The Maryland was open a lot from three. Iowa leaves teams open from three. Maryland hit more threes than they typically do. Uh, they were 14 of 26 from three. Iowa 19 of 34. Uh, but Iowa shot 60% from the field. And after, what, six, seven games where Iowa had not shot well from the field, it's really nice to see, especially on the road, to see this offense kind of get going, get some confidence uh, as you head into this pivotal you know, kind of final stretch of of uh, what eight, seven or eight games left in the Big Ten regular season, and uh, you know, you you start to solidify yourself as a big as an NCAA tournament team, and uh, and hopefully at some point we can really start talking about seeding and worrying about seeding. Um, you know, let's let's get there first. Not great from the free throw line where the Hawkeyes thirteen of twenty one, just sixty two percent. You need to clean that up. You need to get better at that. Free throws do matter. Uh, 22 assists on 39 made shots for the Hawks. All right, let's take a look at the rest of the season here. And, you know, this is an interesting thing because uh, we came into this game against Maryland, I I think, at least I did, thinking, you know, this is an important game. uh, And had you lost, you probably need to start reevaluating some things and, and looking at the season differently. You win. And you feel a lot better about everything, right? And now I was six and six in the Big Ten, seven games left in the Big Ten regular season schedule, a possible eighth with that game against Ohio State. And just pause there for a second, because that, that game against Ohio State, um, I have I have mixed feelings about it. On one hand, uh, that's a, a chance for a big win, a road win uh, against a ranked team, a good team, a team that I think Iowa could beat, especially if they play the way they did tonight against Maryland. Uh, and it's a, a high-reward, low-risk game. If you lose that game, you're not hurt too badly. If you win that game, that's, again, your signature win, which I do still think Iowa needs. Um, and, and and it's just a, a really nice resume win. That being said, man, fitting this travel back out to the East Coast to an Ohio State team into this uh, this already pretty packed schedule Feels like it's going to be hard to do, and you you wonder if you're better off just not playing this game. And um, there, there was the thought that next week that game against Michigan, which is next Thursday, was going to get moved into Tuesday, and then this Ohio State game would fit into that Thursday, February seventeenth slot. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, they they've come out and said they they are not moving that Michigan game, and so it's looking more and more likely that that Ohio State game will not be made up. And um, again, I, I don't think that's a terrible thing as a Hawkeye fan. You you lose out on a chance to get a really nice win, but you're probably probably going to lose that game, right? You, you don't feel real great about that game. And so to take that off the schedule and, again, to take another trip out to the East Coast off the schedule, I think I think you're okay there. Um, so now looking ahead, Sunday, home against Nebraska. Super Bowl Sunday, a 1 o'clock tip. We'll get the game in before the Super Bowl begins. Uh, you're home against Nebraska. You feel good about that. Now, Nebraska ju- did just get that win, which I do think is probably ultimately good for the Hawkeyes. I was a little worried, not not necessarily this weekend when you're at home against Nebraska, 
But that February 25th game at Nebraska, if you have a, a Nebraska team with nothing to play for, a Fred Hoiberg coach who has, has had Iowa's number in the past, uh, a, a Nebraska program that has had Iowa's number in games like this in the past, right? Like games where Iowa should certainly win, shouldn't be close, Iowa goes to Nebraska and finds a way to lose. So, um, but, but now that Nebraska has gotten off that schneid, they're not going to be hunting that first win you feel like they're going to have kind of thrown in the towel at this point. You, you like your odds of sweeping Nebraska. If you're able to do that, let's just let's just go game by game. Let's not look too far ahead here, okay? So game by game, I was six and six. I I, I need us to get to ten to feel real good about the NCAA tournament. Let's see if we can get ahead ahead of that. Um, at Nebraska, or home against Nebraska Sunday, that's a win. Home against Michigan on Thursday, the seventeenth. That's an interesting game. Michigan's an interesting team. I feel pretty good about that game, but I don't feel great about that game. If we pair that then with Tuesday's game, the following Tuesday against Michigan State, and we say those two home games, can you get a split of those two games? I feel pretty good about that. I feel like a good there's a good chance Iowa can at least get one of those games. So we'll say in the next three, Iowa wins at least two. Of course, that February 22nd game uh, with Michigan State in town, there's going to be a lot of emotion, a lot of energy inside Carver Hawkeye Arena. I hope everybody can get there if they need, if they want to. I hope we have a packed crowd because uh, Roy Marble's jersey will go up into the rafters in a pregame ceremony along with a couple of other Hawkeyes. And then Luca Garza is going to be in town for a halftime ceremony. And number 55 is going up into the rafters. And I was making a lot of, uh, a lot of things right in kind of one fell swoop here by um, honoring some of the players who they had uh, neglected to honor like Roy Marble in the past. And you remember a year ago when they announced that Luca Garza's jersey would be retired Devin Marble and, and some members of the Marble family, I think probably rightfully so, felt uh, like Roy Marble never really got the honoring uh, that he deserved from this program and, and Iowa seems to be while late as always, seems to be trying to, uh, to change that and write that I think another thing that they're doing uh, that maybe I didn't realize I wanted so badly until a couple of weeks ago is, is they're going to hang these jerseys in the rafters, not just uh, Luca Garza and Roy Marble and the others who are being um, retired on uh, February 22nd, but all of them, B.J. Armstrong and, and the the others whose numbers have already been, been retired. Why haven't those been hanging in Carver-Hawkeye Arena? I don't know, but they're going to make that right. That came to me a couple of weeks ago, uh, the game at home against Penn State, in January, I took my six-year-old son. It was his first time ever to Carver Hawkeye Arena, and one of the first questions he asked when we got in there is, "What, what are all these? What are all these banners? What are all these? I don't remember what exactly he called them. I doubt he called them banners, but I got to kind of go around Carver Hawkeye Arena. You know, hey, there's the wrestling wing, and look at look at all those, and look what they say." Big Ten championships, national championships. Look at the years. Look how dominant Iowa has been. Okay, here's the women's basketball. Look at these, you know, uh, accomplishments and accolades and tournament appearances. Here's the men's. And so to have the jerseys then up there and be able to tell those stories. And as I get older, more of those stories involve me and and my actual memories. You know, when Megan Gustafson's jersey is hanging from the Raptors, when Luca Garza's jersey is hanging from the Raptors, Raptors, those are, uh, those are stories I'm going to be able to tell. That's, that's our history. And uh, it's, it's, Cool to display it, and I'm glad that Iowa is is making those changes. Back to the schedule. Let's say Iowa goes two and one in their next three games, all at home. That's eight and seven in the Big Ten. You go to Nebraska. I feel like you win that game. You go home against Northwestern. I feel like you win that game. That's four wins. That gets you to ten. Then if you can just knock off 
one of the next two at Michigan or at Illinois, you probably lose those two games. Uh, but if you can get one of those, you feel really good. And all of a sudden, you're 11 and 8, 11 and 9 in the Big Ten. Who knows about that Ohio State game? I think you probably lose that game. So if it happens, I'll, I'll chalk that up as a loss. And I'll say 10 and 10 is is not not just doable, but I, I think I expect that at this point. Uh, I, I think I expect Iowa to get to at least 10 wins in the Big Ten and to play themselves into the into the NCAA tournament and not need to do anything in the Big Ten tournament to get there. And that's an important thing because Iowa, under Fran McCaffrey, and for a long time now, just hasn't done well in the Big Ten tournament. And so... Uh, to not need to do that, to not need to go on a run in the Big Ten tournament, uh, I think is really important for this team to, to be able to go there and know that they've got a place in the NCAA tournament. In the preseason, before the season, and really throughout most of this season, I think our goal as fans was to play yourselves to the bubble and into the tournament. Iowa hasn't even really been on the bubble this season. I mean, there you know a couple of bracketologists after the Penn State loss and uh, something like that maybe has Iowa in a playing game or you know on the edge. But for the most part, the analytics love Iowa so much that uh, the the bracketology has Iowa in the field. I do feel like you need a signature win. Not need, that that's too far. You don't need one. You can win the games I just laid out, Nebraska, Michigan, Nebraska, Northwestern, and you're going to get in. It'd be really nice to have a signature win in the regular season. That's at home against Michigan State, at Michigan, at Illinois. Uh, one of those wins, maybe not even the at Michigan game. Maybe the only two you have left would be at, at, at Illinois in the final game, home against Michigan State, February 22nd, and then potentially that at Ohio State game. I think it'd be really nice to get a signature win for this team, but I feel great about this team's chances. I do not feel a February fade coming. Uh, I feel like Iowa has is playing itself into the NCAA tournament, and man, how much fun is that? And then, you know, it, I've, I've thought for a while... Well, I'm not going to say that because a year ago I thought Iowa was a, a Sweet 16 team, maybe, maybe better than that. They didn't get there. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a year like this that Iowa gets off that Sweet 16 schneid, right? If they, they, they get that monkey off of their back. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a year where there weren't a lot of expectations and Iowa doesn't have a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they play their way there from a, a seven and they get an upset ahead of them and they don't have to play a two seed in the second round. Maybe they do play a two seed and J-Bo hits 10 threes and, and they advance. Uh, either way, I'm excited about this stretch run. What a game tonight. God, I'm happy for Jordan Bohannon. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and hey, go Hawks.